Hey there, I'm Heather Mulder, a former AmLaw 100 partner who just five years into my legal career found myself teetering on the edge of burnout. So that I didn't become yet another attorney burnout statistic, I decided it was time to redefine success from the inside out. Fast forward a few years and it worked. I had a thriving legal career balanced with a fulfilling life. What I learned is that you can achieve the success you want without sacrificing yourself in the process. And I'm on a mission to help you do exactly that. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both law and life. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Well, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the new year. I cannot believe it's already 2024, last year pretty much worldwide. Maybe part of that is because I have a senior in high school who is about to leave the nest, as they say, this year and has been going through the whole application process to college and learning, you know, who's accepting him. We're still in the midst of that as I speak, but it's been quite a year, y'all, and I wanted to come in and talk to you really about the lessons that I learned over the course of 2023. I've done this each of the past two years, and I've gotten a lot of feedback from from people on how helpful these can be, so I wanted to do this again because goodness knows (laughs) there's always something to be learned from every year, every experience. And so today I am bringing to you the top five lessons that I learned throughout 2023. And so we're just going to dig right in and get going. Uh, Lesson number one, how to find joy in letting go. So I mentioned just a moment ago that I have a senior in high school, that he has been going through the application process and has been hearing back from some of the schools. We're still in a waiting game for many. But he should be hearing pretty soon around all of them. And then he has some decisions to make. And as a mom, (laughs) it's hard to sometimes let go of wanting to steer him, right? Wanting to help him through that process, wanting to steer him to where to apply and what to say and all of those things. And then also as he's starting to think about, okay, here's where I've gotten in. Here are my opportunities. What do I do next? Wanting to help steer him, right? We do this as parents. It's natural. But I have learned over the course of the past few months especially that it's time to let go and not do so much of that. Yes, we have conversations But they're really just conversations around what are your opportunities and what are the pros and cons and what do you think? And if he asks my opinion, of course, I'll give it to him. But I kind of have started doing this in a more coach-like way so that I'm not putting upon him my opinions and my beliefs so that we're talking about it really from his perspective. And then if he really truly wants my opinion at the end of the conversation, after he's had time to digest what we've discussed and really form some of his own opinions, letting him know what I think and why. And so that's not the lesson because obviously I'm I'm taking how I coach and how I approach my coaching and, you know, my relationships in general. 
I'm taking that approach with him. And, you know, yes, I have been taking that approach for quite a few years now with both of my kids, but I will say you don't do it quite as much when they're young and it kind of broadens as they get older. So that's not completely new, but what is new is learning how to find the joy in letting go. And what I mean by that is as I'm having these discussions, as I'm, you know, um, really treating him like a grown-up, like an adult, and seeing that he is his own person and what he believes is not what I believe, and that's okay, even as a parent, that's okay, right? I can start to see what he sees. I can start to understand what he believes. I can start to find joy in that too, that he has differing perspectives, that he has differing beliefs about what is and is not important for his future. And through that process, I'm also learning to do that just in general with him, with my husband, with my child, my other child, Noah, with clients, with others that I have relationships with, just in general. And it's been really interesting because it kind of takes off some of that. We humans, we love to worry a lot, right? We worry about everything. And I think when we aren't open to this perspective and we bring to every interaction we have all of our beliefs, all of our experiences, which yes, our experiences, our past, our circumstances, our own individual growth, all of that comes together to create our perception. But when we come into those interactions with people who have differing perspectives, differing perceptions, differing values, differing everything, right? It's really easy to be guarded because they're so different. But if you let go of it and come in a little more open, you start to get more curious. You start to see more joy, like truly joy, because some of that worry, some of that guardedness, some of that, like the, the way that the brain works, I think, on, you know, protecting you, not wanting to get vulnerable, not wanting to feel discomfort in those types of interactions can go away because you are more open, because you acknowledge that there are benefits from it. And it actually takes away some of that stress and anxiety and doubt and enables you to see joy and, you know, the experience of, wow, this is interesting because they have a different perspective. And yes, I'm getting all of that just from this situation with my son. Well, it's not just from this. So this is something that has really ground this into me over the last couple of months. But I will say earlier in 2023, I had a client who also did this for me. And, you know, she had some things in her business that weren't going well. She doubled down, wanted to go all in, and did for a couple of months, but then realized, you know what? It's not the right goal. Not only is this not the right goal, it's not the right business, at least not for right now. And she let go of her business entirely. And by the way, she's way happier now. (laughs) So it was definitively the right choice for her. But I remember thinking at the time, oh, wow, that's not what I would have done. I would have tweaked some things. I would have changed some strategies. I would have even changed some goals. But I wouldn't have given up on the business completely. And notice I said given up. I equated it to giving up because to me, that's the perspective I take into it. To her, it wasn't giving up. 
Because what was happening is by continuing on in her business in the way that she was, she was giving up on herself. She needed to re-embrace herself and let go of the business, at least for now. So what was giving up to me was absolutely not giving up to her. And that, that situation taught me that. But then fast forward to later in the year with Zachary and this whole college experience, and I realized even though they were two very different situations, they were similar. The lesson was similar because I learned in spades the joy in letting go of my own preconceptions, my own beliefs, my own thoughts, my own way, and just allowing things to be and being open to really looking in on, huh, let's understand what they think and why. Let's understand where they're going with this and why. Let's let go of what I would do and just enjoy this and enjoy learning from them. It was really, really powerful. And so I wanted to share that with you today. So that was lesson number one. Let's move on to lesson number two. Lesson number two is this, that sometimes doing and or offering less is actually more. Now, I learned this lesson thanks to my mastermind. So as you probably know by now, if you're just starting out listening to me, maybe you don't. So quick recap, I run a mastermind for attorneys. And my mastermind is for attorneys who want to grow their book of business. It is very specifically for business growth. And up until this past year, I've always offered it once per year. Okay. Well, this past year in 2023, I decided, you know, I'd like to offer it twice per year because not everybody's ready to join the mastermind at the time that I typically offer it. I've had more growth in my podcast. I've had more growth on social media. I've had more growth in my newsletter subscribers. And there are probably more people who would want to do this, right? And so I decided to offer it mid-year and towards the end of the year. Now, typically in the past, I've always reached out in the fall and gotten started sometime between December and February of each year. And the Mastermind is a six-month hard commitment, twice-a-month meetings with a very small group, intimate group of people to grow their business, as I said. And the reasoning behind offering it in the middle of the year, not just towards the end of the year, was this. Because oftentimes we get to the middle of the year and we realize, wow, I'm not exactly where I wanted to be by now. I'm halfway through the year and I'm not meeting my goals and I really need to dig in and find a way to to get there, right? And we feel like there's still enough time. So I thought, ah, natural time to offer this. So I went full bore. I did all the social media posts. I got them out there. I was on social media all the time. I tried to orient some of my podcasts towards my mastermind. It was all the things. And about halfway through, I stopped (laughs) and realized, no. This is not right for me. I had a couple of people that were actually interested. And I said, I'm sorry, we're not doing this right now. I'll come back to you at the end of the year. Something to note when it comes to owning a business like this and doing online marketing, right? Online marketing being through my newsletter, through my podcast, through social media. Yes, I have people locally that I market to as well. Yes, I network locally. Yes, I speak and I get clients, including for my mastermind that way as well. But 80% of my marketing is done online. 
And there are things you need to do in order to do online marketing right. And I just got to say it's very time consuming. (laughs) And it's not my favorite thing to do. It is necessary. I don't dislike it, but it's not my favorite thing. I would prefer to be able to, you know, talk about what I want in the moment as opposed to having to pre-plan all of these things that you have to pre-plan and do when you are selling something online like that. And it was stressing me out. And I don't like stress, number one, obviously. None of us do. But as a stress management coach, partial, you know, a lot of what I deal with with my clients is how to effectively manage, reduce, and prevent stress. And this was stressing me out much more so than the mastermind ever had before. And I realized, you know what? The summertime is really not a good time for me to be doing something like this because summer for me is all about my kids. They're, they're out of school, but they're actually very active and busy, especially my, se- my now senior. And my younger one's about to be there because he's entering high school in the fall, but they have senior base they have baseball in the summer when they're in high school and my senior was very very active this past summer and i really wanted to be there and support him and one of the things that i promised when i left my law career behind and i started this business was that i would be there for those types of things 90 plus percent of the time and then given that this was his last time to play summer ball like this i wanted to be there all of the time i didn't really want to miss anything And that was really hard to do while also trying to sell my mastermind. I needed to be available to talk to people. I needed to be available to show up online more spontaneously, well, quote unquote, spontaneously, if you get what I mean. I needed to be around and it was stressing me out and I just wasn't able to fit it in. So a couple weeks in, I was like, nah, dropping it. I'm done. I'm not doing it. We'll come back in the fall. So that was really hard for me. And what I learned through that though was, and well, let me just say, it was hard for me because I don't like going back on my word. I don't like putting something out there, telling people I'm selling something, and then having to say, oh, nope, sorry. Not like I had to do that online, but I needed to reach out to the people who had reached out to me, who I was talking to and say, you know what? This is not going to be good timing after all. We're going to scrap it. I'll reach back out to you in the fall when it comes back. That was hard. It wasn't fun, but it was so well worth it. And I realized that my mastermind from here on out, at least for the foreseeable future, probably for the next four to five years until my youngest son graduates from high school at least, will be offered once per year only. I am not willing to do what it takes to sell it online and also to do all the interviews, which are very time-consuming. They're necessary. I actually enjoy the interviews, but they're very time-consuming. I can't do that more than once a year. It just takes up too much of my time, energy, and headspace. And through that process, I realized, you know what? I show up better when I'm not in sales mode that often. I show up better for my kids, for my spouse, for my friends, for my business in general, and for my clients. And so sometimes... You can do so much more by cutting back. So I guess my question for you, for you to be asking right now is where where in the past year could I have cut back and showed up as more and done more in another way just by cutting back on the things that I obligated myself to? We all have them, right? Where could you cut back so that you could show up as more 
for the things that you do choose to show up for. Sometimes doing and or offering less is more. Okay, so that was lesson number two. Lesson number three, and this was a really big one for me. It's okay to offer up my personal opinions and beliefs so long as I come from a place of service and they're reasoned and I'm open to hearing differing perspectives myself. So one of the things that I believe is that we lawyers have an obligation. We have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to act and show up in a certain way, which means we have, should have heightened standards for ourselves, right? And sometimes those heightened standards get into the political or what some people deem the political or get into topics that not everybody is going to agree on. Now, yes, having a podcast and all the things I talk about, not everybody always agrees with my advice. Not everybody always agrees with my strategies. But for whatever reason, I find that a lot easier to deal with than when it gets a little more personal, okay? And so there's two particular episodes over the course of the last year that I'm specifically talking about. One dealt with the nature of remote work and how remote work isn't the end-all, be-all that most people have thought it was. And I think many of us are trying to find, are figuring that out right now, you know, or have been figuring that out over the last year or two. And I had a whole podcast on that and it was an interesting topic and I got some feedback Much of it was really great feedback with people who actually agreed with it, but not everybody did. And I had some interesting conversations around it too. I felt like I was putting myself out there a little bit more because it was on a a topic that, you know, remote work is a big deal to a lot of people. They've long wanted it. They're getting it, but it's not always a good thing. And I was kind of, you know, mentioning how, look, you may think you want this, but maybe you don't. Or even if it works for you, it doesn't work for everybody. And maybe you have an obligation to show up some as well. So I highly recommend you go and listen to that episode because it actually was a really, really good one. And it's still very applicable to everybody in today's world and into the future. But that one was a hard one for me to put out there because I knew it was going to ruffle some feathers. The other episode that was somewhat difficult for me was the one that I released on July 4th. So it was about um, my value of freedom and what it means to me. And in all honesty, it was scary for me because that value is very personal. It comes from my past. It comes from my situations. But it also informs who I am, what I believe, what I think is most important. And frankly, it frames my political and religious beliefs. And it was probably somewhat obvious from that episode And so that was scary to me because I was really stepping out on a limb and talking about something I had never talked about, at least not in that way, before on this podcast. And no, don't worry. I'm not going to start, you know, espousing political views. It's really, I don't think you need to know. (laughs) It doesn't matter what they are. I um, I don't need to know yours. And it's totally okay with me for people to have very, very different ones. I'm one of those people who actually likes to talk politics with people who believe differently from me as long as we can keep emotion out of it. But that's a whole other issue. But this is not going to become a political uh, podcast by any means. But that one was important to me given that it was July 4th. And I felt like it was important to show people not just who I am, but also to see that your values 
really do influence everything. Everything. From your religious beliefs, into your politics, into how you relate with people, everything. Into how you perceive others, into how you perceive certain types of people, into how you see the world, into whether you see it's us against them. I mean, all these things. And I just got into one little sliver of mine. But part of the point was so that people could see, oh, how does this relate to you? What are your values? How is that showing up? It's really important to understand that, okay? Because it will help you then to better understand yourself and how you relate to other people and potentially even being more open to listening to other people and not feeling threatened by viewpoints, etc. So that was an interesting um, topic for me to talk about. And what I learned from that situation based on the feedback, because I got some interesting feedback on that one as well, is I should do more of that, that it is okay it is okay to show a little bit more of my own personal beliefs and it is okay to go into topics that some people are going to be a little more heated about in, in disagreeing with me. That's all okay so long as the purpose for them is to still serve you the audience and I can relate that to something specific, right? It's not just about me. In fact, it's not about me at all. When I go into those topics, it needs to be about you. What is it? That, what's the point of it? And how does it serve you? So that's the, 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 the thinking behind that. And as long as I'm reasoned and careful, and also as long as I'm open to hearing the differing viewpoints and okay with people not agreeing with me, right? So that is a lesson I learned. And it is something that I think I'm going to take with me into the future. Uh, expect another couple of topics this next year that might be a little more uncomfortable, but there will be a purpose for them. And then I'm also going to take it into my personal relations a little bit more and try to be more open with others and try to maybe forge ways of talking with people that I may not have talked with about certain topics before in a non-emotional way. Because I will say this, something I'm learning through this last couple of years, but this last year especially, we need to be talking to one another more about what we believe, whether it's religion, whether it's politics, whether it's something else that we find very sticky because oftentimes we assume, and we assume incorrectly. And when we assume incorrectly, it, it creates a whole host of other issues and spins out of control. And I think, <laughs> funny enough, this whole remote working thing is making it worse because we're not with people who aren't like us, who aren't already in our inner circle very often. And we're not forced to, to understand. We're not forced to collaborate. We're not forced to be in the room with them and get to know them and see them as human beings. And that has long-standing consequences, not just for you individually, it does, and for you professionally, but also for society. It's not a good thing, in my opinion. So that was number three. Lesson number four, you get to choose what to do with feedback. And sometimes it doesn't mean immediately making a change. So at the beginning of 2023, I sent out a survey to my audience, to my newsletter audience, with some questions around the topics that people would like me to discuss, um, what they liked, what they didn't, what they wanted to hear more or less of, that kind of a thing. And I definitely listened to them. I read all of them. FYI, if, if you were one of them that filled it out, thank you very much. You will probably be getting another one in the next couple of months because I think I want to do this annually. 
that gave me a lot of great ideas, but I wasn't able to take everything into account. Because sometimes my topics also come from everyday life lessons. Sometimes my topics also come from struggles that my clients are dealing with when I see themes, especially. And so even though I read those and I marked a bunch of things down, I didn't necessarily get to them all. And some of the feedback that I got was frankly contradictory. So for example, one person gave me feedback on my newsletter about how much they love the bantery nature of the way I write it and how that makes them feel like I'm talking to them in person and they love that. Somebody else didn't so much love it (laughs) and thought that sometimes I can be a little long-winded and go too long. And so what do you do with that, right? So we talk a lot about getting feedback from others, especially if you want to move up the career ladder, if you want to become a leader or be a good manager, become an effective leader, step into a leadership position, all of those things. And feedback is absolutely crucial. You want to know how you're perceived because other people perceive you differently. But you need to also take that feedback with a bit of a grain of salt sometimes. Because again, every other individual has their own personality, has their own strengths, has their own unique perspective, and you may not agree with it. Now, it doesn't mean the feedback was for nothing, and it doesn't mean you just dismiss it. There is a difference. So what I've learned over this last year is to really reach out for feedback and allow it to kind of sit there and not act on it immediately but to wait on it a bit, take note of it, think through it, and let it process through you. And then continue to ask for feedback. And then when you start to see themes, that's when to really take notice. Those are the areas for action more immediately. And sometimes you get feedback that really hits a nerve. And maybe it's just feedback from one person. And maybe it's not something that you do often, but yet it hits a nerve. That's also something to pay attention to because maybe that hits more into the crux of who you are and how you want to show up. So this is what I've learned, though, is to sit back and let it, let it be a little bit and think through it. It doesn't mean you're not doing anything with it. You're actually doing a lot. It allows you for more intentional and thoughtful action after the fact. I'm still taking that feedback from almost a year ago into what I'm doing now. Because some of that feedback I could not incorporate into my podcast at the time, but will be this year. Some of it will be incorporated into blog posts. Some of the feedback, even the contradictory, is now I'm finding ways to get it into my writing. So for example, if you are a member of my newsletter, I have learned over the course of the last year how to give some newsletters that are more robust with a lot more action items and things, you know, if, if, if it's called for. If, if I have some real points to make and I, and I really need to give them that information, it's longer. But sometimes I've intentionally made them very short and just referred them to a podcast or made a very quick and short but powerful point. So I'm trying to like go back and forth. That's how I learned from the contradictory feedback that I gave you earlier. Okay, so that was lesson number four. To take feedback often, 
to listen to it, to let it just be, and to temper it with what you choose to do moving forward. And also whatever you're capable of in the moment. Because I will tell you, some of what I've implemented over the last couple of months, I didn't know how to do earlier in the year based on that feedback. And so some of it, maybe I just wasn't capable of knowing how to handle it yet. And so I let it just be. I kept going back to it. I kept thinking about it. And then I was able to put some of it into place as time went on. So don't act too rashly. (laughs) I guess it's my main point. All right, final lesson. Lesson number five from the year 2023 is discomfort isn't just okay, it's actually preferred. Now, I have talked a lot about getting comfortable with the discomfort, the discomfort of being vulnerable, the discomfort of taking a risk, the discomfort of failure and making mistakes because those are required if you're going to take a risk, right? The discomfort of feeling your own feelings and not pushing them down so that you can process them in a healthy and effective manner and move forward. The discomfort of life, basically. And I stand by that. But what I've learned over this past year, and I think a lot of this has to do with my children, (laughs) Zachary, again, helping me to let go of him moving on into college and a whole new area of his life. But then also my youngest in becoming a really amazing baseball player for his age and wanting to start focusing on it more, which means potentially changing schools, which we had never contemplated before. We love the school that both boys are at. We love what it's done for our oldest. And now we are looking looking to apply to other schools. We are actually in the application process as I record this. And it's vulnerable and it feels hard. And some of this is really on him and I can't do for him. But the thing is, is that discomfort that I'm feeling, that hardness, that vulnerability, I'm learning it's not just okay, it's a good thing. It's actually preferred because it means I'm learning something new. It means I'm facing new things, new challenges, new ways of thinking. I'm learning how to let go more of both of my kids, which isn't the most fun thing in the universe. But guess what? Even though that moment, that thing isn't fun, I'm finding joy in it too. Because guess who they're becoming? They're becoming their own people. And that is actually joyous to watch. So allowing myself to be in discomfort has always been something that I've been, okay, that's okay with. It's needed. It's necessary. Get comfortable with it. I'm actually deciding to change that mentality a little bit and say, you know what? I prefer the discomfort. I embrace the discomfort. I want the discomfort because that's a natural part of living fully, a natural part of learning, of growing, of pushing myself in new ways. Okay, that is it. Those are the top five lessons that I learned from the year 2023. I would actually love to hear from you if you have a lesson that you learned over the course of the last year that really sticks with you. I would absolutely love to hear it. Find me on LinkedIn, Heather Mulder, M-O-U-L-D-E-R. There will be posts about this podcast. And just give us a comment down below and let us know what it is that stuck with you 
through last year. Okay, we will be back next week with a guest. Bye for now. Are you tired of barely squeezing life in thinking, shouldn't there be more to life than this? Do you want to get to the next level, but without losing yourself in the process? Are you ready to start thinking and doing differently so that you can stop doing the same things over and over and over, hoping for a different result? If any of this speaks to you and you're ready to do something about it, starting now, book a call with me to find out how I can help. Go to lifeandlawpodcast.com forward slash free call.